I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. So the other day, I was on Pinterest um, exploring my homepage, as I do every single day, because it's very therapeutic, and I couldn't help but realize how much time I was putting into the app, because essentially it serves as like a giant lookbook or idea board for me, I guess you could say, where I kind of visualize things I want to buy in the future and organize them onto a board that I can look at anytime I want. Anyway, so whenever you look at a pin, the comments will usually sound something like, where are those jeans from? Or like, where'd they get that top or those shoes? Like just something related to those. And that's not what caught my attention the other day though. A little more intriguing was the fact that on every single popular pin I've seen related to clothing or style, the comments always mention like Sheen as a primary suggestion for where to buy certain garments, even if they're not even from there at all. And I don't know if this can be attributed to the store's extensive catalog, but regardless, I thought it was so interesting that literally everyone, everyone on Pinterest thought of that store as a main suggestion for where to shop. It's all over the place. And that's when I realized Shane literally plagues the social media world today because of one very, very desirable feature, its prices. Notoriously cheap, Shane can be easily characterized as fast fashion for this exact reason. They sell shirts for lower than $3 at the cost of exploitation, environmental damage, and waste. And the focal point here isn't to talk about my Pinterest screen time or comments I've seen, but rather why fast fashion is and remains prevalent throughout the globe. Stores like Sheen continue to dominate the fashion industry, but most customers aren't even aware of the effects it holds on a larger scale. So what is fast fashion? What are its effects? And why should we as consumers care about them? And perhaps most importantly, what can we do to combat it? Continue listening to gain a deeper understanding of this stylish yet unethical dilemma. According to The Ethical Consumer, fast fashion can be defined as fast in multiple senses. The rate of production is fast, the customer's decision to purchase is fast, delivery is fast, and garments are worn fast, usually only a few times before being discarded. It is a model that is entirely unsustainable. I really like that definition because a lot of people tend to assimilate fast fashion with like child labor immediately and while that can be the case in some of the i don't know why i'm laughing that's awful but while that can be the case in some of these brands that's not the takeaway from the term fast fashion because in reality fast fashion is exactly that fast so let's delve into that very powerful adjective first off delivery whenever you see an ad for a company like pretty little thing promising next day delivery for an additional cost you think this is too good to be true and that's because it is I mean, obviously, it's not a lie as the order ends up at your home the next day, but as it pertains to the ethics of it all, there is definitely a catch. Essentially, fast fashion brands thrive off of their quick deliveries. It's a key aspect of their success as people are impatient, impulsive, and want things quick. So by making quick delivery a focal point of their companies, brands garner more money, which is ultimately the end goal for all of these clothing lines. The goal isn't to satisfy the customer or promise them with a great shopping experience, but making money at all costs. No pun intended. But in order to guarantee these very speedy deliveries, brands like Boohoo, Pretty Little Thing, etc., all in the fast fashion industry, rely on something called a short design to delivery time. Through this practice, they simply buy trendy clothing items in fast, bulk amounts to be shipped within weeks for cheap prices. 
This displays the quick delivery, good company illusion to the consumer, prompting them to buy more because they think that when their item gets shipped quicker, the quality must be great, the company must be great. And it's all an illusion, it's all a lie, it's all a scheme in order to get people to buy more so that the company can garner even more earnings than they really should be. The next fast element is production. By promising fast deliveries, these brands must also ensure a quick rate of production to compensate. I mean, you can't ship empty packages and call it a successful sale because there's no sale item. So to do this, ordering in bulk is yet another resort again. I took a quick trip to Pretty Little Things website recently and went straight to the new in this week section. It's right on the front page, so it's pretty easy to access it. I don't even need to like link it. Anyways, it boasted an astonishing 1,219 items new items produced in this week alone and the fact that i'm so like desensitized to this number is just insane and it really shows just how prevalent the very unethical fast fashion industry is because i saw the number 1219 and didn't even blink once i didn't really care until i kind of put it into context like put it into perspective like wow they made 1219 19 items in one week like in the span of a week that many items were produced, shipped, and put on the website. You just that makes you think: who's really who's really creating these items, and how is it being done so fast? Anyways, this number and the fact that these companies so proudly showcase thousands and thousands of new items in a week on the front pages of their websites, it all ties into the priorities and primary goals of these companies yet again. As opposed to valuing customer satisfaction and genuine quality, speed is of the utmost importance. And this is clearly reflective in their marketing tactics, as 1,219 items imported in a week alone, put on a website, sold and shipped is not normal in any medium at all. But as these thousands and thousands of new designs are imported on a weekly basis, if not more frequently because Pretty Little Thing is only one website, the topic of ethics comes in as it relates to production. It's simply not possible to come up with, create, and ship such a high volume of products at such an insane speed, ethically speaking. So it's no surprise, to me at least, that worker exploitation is the driving force behind this entire industry. And the vast majority of fast fashion companies depend on this, including something called outsourcing, dependent on the global production network. So outsourcing was kind of complicated for me, at least to understand. This is just personal experience. So I'm going to try to break it down into really simple and understandable terms. So bear with me. By the global production network and outsourcing method, this means that Instead of production being fulfilled domestically within one nation, these companies rely on labor spread throughout a multitude of countries, but it doesn't stop there. Taking advantage of predominantly third world countries, these fast fashion brands do something called subcontracting. I almost fumbled that word. Called subcontracting, where they place the responsibility of production onto suppliers that aren't authorized by or affiliated with anyone, so they're just unofficial. And with this comes an ethical dilemma. Through this marketing practice, fast fashion brands carry no legal obligation to guarantee safe or even decent working conditions to their employees, resulting in abuse and exploitation in order to guarantee quick and cheap production on a large scale. And even worse, because these workers are widely unregistered, governmental regulation is almost non-existent. So conditions typically deteriorate until these companies decide to just move locations, displacing tons and tons of workers. So how is this legal, you might ask? Well, by imposing short-term contracts on employees who have no other place to work, 
These fast fashion companies have the freedom to fire and hire anyone as they please, whenever they want. And as these individuals are often working for close to nothing in poor situations, the threat of becoming unemployed could be catastrophic. So these exploited people often trade decent, livable working conditions for a close to nothing salary. The pandemic surely hasn't ameliorated these working conditions either. Many, many fast fashion brands have taken advantage of the increased demand for product deliveries due to quarantine. You know, during quarantine, everybody was online. I will admit, I did buy quite a few items, but most of them were sustainable, so you can't even, no one can attack me there. But yeah, in the large scale of things, a lot of people were ordering more and more items because they were, obviously, most malls, most stores weren't open, which, you know, had a very negative effect on the economy. But to people, to these fast fashion companies specifically, they were an aspect of the economy that thrived because online retail had never been so successful. And now that people are stuck in their houses and confined, not able to really leave and go buy stuff in person, they were thriving and making tons of money. So obviously, these capitalistic companies were going to take advantage of this. So as previously mentioned, with the increased demand for online product deliveries and product fulfillment due to quarantine, many, many brands, including Boohoo, Pretty Little Thing, Sheen, those are the ones I can name off the top of my head, have been taking advantage of workers and the increased demand for more products. According to labor behind the label workers, reports reveal that many factories in the UK continued to operate at 100% capacity throughout the COVID-19 lockdown due to orders from Boohoo, a fashion brand widely known for quick delivery. So not only are they taking advantage of exploited workers in order to make extra money, they're putting people's safety and health at risk during a pandemic. And once again, this all ties into ethics. It's perfectly legal for these workers to be exploited in the way they are, as long as these fast fashion industries, companies, should I say, go through these legal loopholes successfully. And it sucks, but it's completely legal, so there's really nothing that the consumer can do in that sense. But in order to fulfill fast deliveries, fast fashion brands sacrifice a key element of the standard business model, quality. Valuing quantity and numbers over genuine quality, this is one of the most notorious aspects of the entire industry. And I saved this aspect of the fast elements that I talked about earlier for last because it ties into key components of the fast fashion industry success, making it an intentional business strategy. As stated by the ethical consumer, the short times necessary to deliver such vast quantities of new designs means that wash tests and wearer trials usually aren't possible, which has implications on overall quality and durability. So this one's kind of just a given as these brands tend to rush delivery and order fulfillment more than literally anything else that should be a key component or focal point of a brand success, it ends up being, it ends up showing itself in very, very poor quality because they're not prioritizing the fabrics that they use, the materials that they use, and that leads to yet another point that's another detrimental effect on the environment. To even get these materials means that they're not looking for quality or for what's sustainable, what's good for the environment, what's going to help save the planet. They're looking for what's cheap and what's going to be produced very, very quickly, which is usually materials that are harmful to the planet and to the earth. So that's yet another thing. It's not sustainable at all, and it's unethical. Although one of the worst components of the fast fashion industry, it's a very commonly recognized one, though. You know, when someone suggests a brand like Sheen, for example, I keep referencing it. 
I'm sorry, I don't know a lot of fast fashion brands, but I really do because literally almost all of them are. But moving on, when someone will mention a brand like Sheen, like how I observed that in every single Pinterest comment section to make a purchase from, quality is almost always my immediate thought. And the problem here relates to both the consumer and the environment. It's essentially a loophole. Shorter production times means that lower quality items are delivered to the consumer. Once worn almost barely, these items are typically thrown away and given to the landfill as quickly as they were delivered, meaning the consumer's constant need to buy items to replace over and over and over just leads to more harmful materials being ordered and making their way to the landfill. So it's an endless cycle because customers are promised very low prices, which is a promise that is fulfilled every single time, which leads to them thinking, well, it's, it's, I have to get this bargain. It's always a bargain. Same thing with, you know, the the sales tactics that people use, that companies use during, I don't know, events like Black Friday, where where they'll say that something is 50% off when really it's just them putting the item back to full price and then taking a coupon off instead of like taking a coupon off the already deducted price. If you know what I'm getting to, it's all it's all a lie and it's all a loophole to make the customer feel that they're getting the, the best quality that they can possibly get when it's really the bare minimum. So after doing some research on this topic and being greeted by so many awful effects, fast fashion looks even more undesirable than ever. And it gets to a point where you have to ask yourself as a consumer, like from the customer perspective, is this price tag really worth it? with it being the exploitation of workers, harmful effects on the environment, and overall bad quality. And that's the thing. As a society, I think as a society with younger individuals most notably, we have come to believe that spending a lot of money on one or two sustainable great quality items isn't worth it as compared to getting an entirely new wardrobe from a cheap fast fashion site. And this is yet again that whole concept of quantity over quality being instilled in the consumer's mind. It's all circling back because it's a loophole. In reality, this really isn't the consumer's fault. It's all an intricately planned out industry which thrives off of impulsive shoppers who are shielded from the truth of fast, large-scale clothing production. And with such low prices being the primary focus of a lot of these fashion brands, fast fashion brands more specifically, marketing tactics, You really can't blame the consumer for contributing to this loophole. It's really desirable, and it's very easily attainable to people who might not be able to afford more sustainable options, as they tend to be a little more expensive, disregarding options like thrifting, of course. So now that more people are becoming aware of the awful aspects of the fast fashion industry, the question of what we as customers can do is coming into play. Of course, shopping sustainably, whether thrifting as I previously mentioned, or buying from sustainable clothing brands is a very valid solution, but perhaps the most important solution that I want to spend time on is reduction. I mentioned this in my episode on climate change, I don't even remember, I lost count now, but you should definitely listen to that um, episode for background if you have, because I think it's pretty informative. But getting to the main point here, reduction is the main aspect of being an ethical, sustainable shopper. I think the enemy here is shopping habits, bad shopping habits. We've been made to think that in order to help the earth, the environment, exploited workers, we have to buy more stuff that isn't made by fast fashion industries. And while that is one method, the most important one starts with us at home and is much more readily attainable. It's reduction. A lot of people are aware of the three R's, so reduce, reuse, recycle, 
And as I've said many, many times, I just want to stress and emphasize its importance. Reduction is the first R on that list, and it's the most important. It's so integral that that order is followed specifically, just specifically in that order. Because a lot of people think that the three R's only go for plastic, like for recycling and the environment only. Not knowing that the clothes that we wear every single day, the accessories that we have, the bags that we wear... They're all a part of the fashion industry, and that makes up so much of the material that just ends up in the landfill every single year. And the only way to stop it is not by buying more stuff in an effort to try to be more sustainable, as it's definitely a method. The biggest, the most in- impactful and influential method is buying less stuff. Because oddly enough, a lot of people think that in order to live a sustainable lifestyle, you have to throw out every ounce of fast fashion you have ever owned in your life. For example, I'm wearing an American Eagle hoodie right now. Do I feel bad that it was probably made due to the exploitation of workers? Yes. Will I throw it out and contribute to future landfill material? No. I'm going to keep it and wear it as long as I can keep it. But in the meantime, living sustainably doesn't mean throwing out everything we have and then starting from scratch and getting sustainable stuff. No, because that's only that's just counterproductive. More trash and material that we could have repurposed is going to end up in the landfill. Instead, reduce your usage. Do you really need that jacket or is it just a trend that's going to come and go in a month or so? I think the it's just really important to instill good shopping habits and avoid impulsivity when it comes to the fashion industry because it's really easy to fall susceptible to that trap given that trends come in and out of fashion so quickly. So no, you are not a criminal because you own some items from Sheen or many other fast fashion industries because it's what we've been conditioned to think is okay for a very long, a very long amount of our lives. Instead, Having the knowledge, educating yourself on what it means to live sustainably, to be a sustainable shopper, is a step in the right direction. So to end on a much simpler note to kind of summarize this episode, fast fashion is bad, and we know it is, but as a society, we have a very long way to go to completely eradicate it. And I don't know if that's something that's going to even happen in the next 5, 10, or even 20 years, but it's good that we reduce, and I'm going to emphasize the importance of reduction, that we reduce and at least make an effort to live sustainably to avoid the accumulation of future landfill material. With that being said, being a sustainable shopper, living a sustainable lifestyle isn't a one-size-fits-all type thing. It doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of money on very upscale, expensive, sustainable brands that are probably not even affordable for you. As long as you're making efforts to reduce your usage of landfill material, you're heading in the right direction. And with that being said, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and were able to gain some insight on the horrors of the fast fashion industry, and I hope that this will lead you to make some more mindful decisions regarding the shopping industry. And to conclude, if you're listening right now, you've made it to the end, so thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you next Thursday here on A Little Perspective.